This is Graham Wardle. Mark Friesen. This is Marty Up North. This is Alex Craner. I'm Rupa Subramania. This is Tom Luongo, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Thursday. How's everybody doing today? Silver, gold, bull. That's who this is coming to you from. North America's premier precious metals dealer with state-of-the-art distribution centers in Calgary and Las Vegas. They insure fast, fully insured, discreet shipping right to your doorstep. And they offer a diverse set of services, including buyback, wholesale, registered savings, IRA accounts, RRSP, TFSA, as well as storage and refining solutions. You can trust them to elevate your precious metals investment journey with unrivaled expertise and unparalleled convenience. Your prosperity and security are top priority, making silver, gold, bull the go-to choice for all your precious metal needs. Silvergoldbull.ca. And we got another one here on Thursday, Cactus environmental that's alan huco he's been in business for almost 30 years providing environmental consulting assessment and monitoring for pre-construction construction reclamation and spills cactus environmental is a local supplier for em surveys that's electromagnetic as well as phase one twos and threes you can get a hold of them at alan.cactus at sastel.net or give him a call 306 or 306 3. Yeah. 306-821. I almost got through the entire thing, hey folks. Yeah, well. 306-821-7541. All right. If you've been paying attention on Substack or if you haven't been paying attention, either way, uh, we we released a commercial earlier this week, so uh, I suggest you go take a look at that. Um uh, today's episode with QDM and Twos has got a little bonus coverage on Substack. And um, yeah, it, there's been uh, a lot going on on the Substack side. Hope to see you over there. Hopefully you'll join the list and uh, be a part of that crew. Now, let's get on to that tail of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals, delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at HancockPetroleum.ca. First is from Tufnell, Saskatchewan, and went from a Snapchat handle to YouTube star with over 11 million views and 100,000 subscribers. The second, he's also another small-town Saskatchewan guy. He's on the part of the Tuesday mashup, goes by the handle 222 Minutes. Yeah, I'm talking about QDM, or Quick Dick McDick, and 222 Minutes, or twos. So buckle up, here we go. Okay, boys. First, they, first one in 35 cheers. days, yeah. right? Cheers. All right, here we go. I had a couple of uh, non-alcoholic beverages on the tour, and um, they they're were not, okay. They're not the same, hey? You know what? Uh, they are about the same as light beer, but yeah. Well, you know what? My dad uh, my dad shut down drinking, and he switched over to, to near beers. Yep. And uh, he's His like, you know. His mustache fell off? No, it's still there. No, it's <laughs> good. But he's like, uh, you know what? Uh, he's like. Now, when I switch back, he'll have a real beer every now and then. He's like, I don't like the taste of him anymore. He's like, I like the near stuff better. It's funny. Uh, uh, that's the first beer I've had, and I'm like, Tastes mm, different? Tastes different. Yeah. I was ha- I was drinking the Coronas. Okay. The, the, Those Corona Zeros or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I think they taste better than a Corona. Like, the first one I had, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. And then I drank it. I'm like, it's almost like it's got the lime in it. It's almost like, what have they done to this? I'm like, this is actually pretty good. Whereas a normal Corona, I'm like, some people love them. See, I, I'm disgusted by Corona. I think it's the worst beer on the planet. Well, see, there you go. Yeah. And the first Corona I had, you know, when I wasn't drinking, uh, had it in Lumsden. And mm-hmm. uh, the bar there had brought out like a six pack in, you know, for the night. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just and, to cater and, to you. And a few <laughs> other people, they got drank. They were all done by the end of the night. Well, it's funny. So I believe it or not, I'm a big fan of Bohemian. 
Hey, and join the club, man. Yeah, I believe it. Exactly. You've got Saskatchewan right? in your blood. Of course, you're yeah. gonna like Bohemian, right? Exactly. So, like, oh, we're doing a tour in Saskatchewan. I'm gonna bring back a bunch of bow. And Mrs. Two's, being um, you know, a mail order bride from the far off land of Tennessee, <laughs> she'd never had it before. But it's been interesting. I'm I've been trying all these different beers over the past few years, being like, okay, well, do you like this? What don't you like about this? Yeah. Whatever else, trying to you know, nail down exactly what she does and doesn't prefer. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I brought you back a 2-4 of, of Bohemian. Oh, so this is the pressure test then. Yeah. Right? And I was uh, like, I don't know. You're probably not going to like it because you don't really seem to like Lucky Lager. But whatever. Give it a shot. Anyways, just she loves them. So I got to pick up Bohemian. more. Yeah. I got to pick up some more while Match I'm here. Match made in heaven. Interesting. Interesting. Because this is as far west as you can get Bohemian. Is that is Lloyd Minster? Yeah, that liquor store right by the well, casino. I tell you is what, the, we're, that's this is the dividing line. This is yeah. the, we're pretty cool here in Lloyd Minster, you know. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try and make fun of you guys a little bit tonight. I think we'll see. It's real easy to do. You know, um, I said this. I, well, you haven't, sir, have never been in the studio. No, no, I haven't. Are, are we going? Are we rolling? Or no, I don't no know. shit, right on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome here, man. Yeah, I, but like, but, I kind of just see the wall is usually what I always see, right? Well, and twos as many times as he's been on, and he's never. He's like, I've never. Been. I'm like, what is going on here? How well, is it that I've been in here you, a lot. You've never been in the I've studio. Just, I, I've been in here a lot. It's just that since he moved everything around, I haven't been. Okay. So I haven't seen that wall in person yet the one that he used nipple tape to stick up all the acoustic <laughs> pads onto yeah right i got you so this this is a new development for me everybody loves the nipple tape joke you know you know but i mean everyone loves nipple tape too. i honestly thought when i was at the store and i ran out of uh 3m tape i'm like okay i go to the lady i'm like what other type of tape that you have for sticking on a wall and she's like i have no idea and then we're walking around and she's like we do sell like nipple tape and i'm like Jeez, I mean, tape if it's tape, if it's yeah. good enough for a woman, it's got to be good enough right? for a wall. And then I get home and I, you know, and they start falling off. And my wife's like, well, "You realize a woman never wants that to stick to their boob forever, right?" Which, and which I'm makes like, sense, yeah. Which, which makes sense yeah. now, but mm-hmm. at the time, I, you know, yeah. I hear you. Ha hell, it's been a year. You know, uh, it's November, whatever today. Uh, it doesn't really matter. We're getting close to Remembrance Day, and and by the time this releases, it will be very close to Remembrance Day. Beauty. But I was I was thinking, you know, I, um, it was January when you were actually last in the vicinity of the podcast. Is January? Uh, you you've done the mashup once, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, it was you and uh, Vance Crow, and oh that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was the last of course, time yeah, for sure. At I was, the casino I was, there, I was looking yeah. back through it. Yeah, like I was just like, how the man, heck time is this? flies, hey? Yeah, yep. it has. How's twenty twenty three been for QDM? Yeah, good. Uh, we had a we had a great twenty three. Uh, you know, uh, farm wise, planting went good. Um, and we had a good growing season, got some early hail, and it was a pressure test of a uh, guy's fortitude of, uh, of whatever we want to keep farming or not. Uh, but everything bounced back, and we had a, had a really good year. Um, 2023 happened fast for some reason. I don't know how you guys have been feeling, but, I mean, just even farming-wise to keep up with what's happening on the farm, it felt like like we're always a little bit ahead and, and ready and organized, but for some reason, 23, it's like the crops were advancing faster than we were ready for it. And it's just like every day you were like two days late to what you were supposed to be doing. And I don't know why, it's never been like that before. Did you uh, guys switch to electric? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we can't, don't even have enough electricity to run the air conditioners at this point in time. So yeah, um, but, and then yeah, with all the quick tech stuff on, on the side of it there, uh, yeah, it was 23 has been busy. Yeah. And on the road lots and, and doing lots of gigs, but crops in the bin now and we're back here and it's, it's good. This is my favorite time of year here now when everything, like we're going to 
ween and break check here tomorrow afternoon and then Monday, Tuesday. And then that's kind of where you get to, like, it sounds crazy, but just, it's just as easy as all you do is just feed 800 head of cattle. Now, like everything's they're where they need to be. And you just fix watering bowls and feed them. And Mark does most of it. And I go out on the road. So it's pretty good gig. Yeah. But it's, it's been great. 23 has been great. And we're all still alive and healthy. So who gives a shit? I mean, it's good. If I, that's the end result, isn't it? I, I would, I would throw in on 23, why it's been so different, uh, or so fast has been uh, 2022, I mean, to start the year off, we were in the middle of lockdowns. That's right. Until, yeah. And then we had the Freedom Convoy, and, you know, and then it was like a big exhale of like, are we going to go back through this again? 2023 has been... Um, Everybody's catching up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that's where you see like a lot of these, a lot of these live gigs and everything, they're, they're super busy too, because everyone's, you know, behind on doing fundraisers and shit. Like, I mean, rinks, halls fire departments i mean there was just so long where nobody would do anything and even if they could they didn't want to go through the motions of doing it you know what i mean but it's like everyone's got the fucking gear back in overdrive well, you, you look at how many shows and everything else has come back yeah uh in 23 right like um i remember when i did my first smp presents we did it in march of 2022 we had daniel smith before she was premier before heck mm-hmm. she'd even announced she was going to be premier or run for it i mean um and, and that group of people that came here and it had only been like I don't know, maybe 10 days since all the mandates had dropped and we packed the casino yep. and there was just nothing else going on. Now, mm-hmm. every weekend, it, I mean, it just seems like there is a ton to do, which yep. is days of past, uh, you know, and, and I, I mean, it's, it's the norm, but, uh, for three years there, two and a half for sure, there was just nothing going yep. on. I mean, and if you wanted to go out in public, you know, there was so many rules and regulations to even try. It just made it more stressful to go do anything. Yeah. So you just like, fuck it. I mean, I'm just going to stay at home. Unless you lived, in tough, unless you lived in tough Noel and then you just keep going out to the snowmobile shacks and well, do whatever the fuck you yeah. want, right? Well, I was going to say, in the middle of COVID, <laughs> the only place I went was Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Hell yeah, buddy. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. everybody seems to have a story about Tufnell. I mean, I, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I've done a podcast out of the Yeah, that's right. Week. Yeah. Which we're, we're going to start making ice there probably in a month or so, which is going to be great. So, yeah. Twos, how's your 23 been? It was the same thing as you guys. It just flew by. It just seems like, I don't know. I worked a lot this year. And so, you know, when you're basically just getting up, going to work, coming home, going to bed. Days go by fast. Oh, yeah. 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 And you're just, what the, where, where did everything go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%, man. Yeah. Yeah. How's uh, how's the new digs been treating you there? It's all going good for you or what? Because you did a little bit of switch around there with employment, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's been good. There, good. There's yeah. more work than I really even want. That's a good problem but, to have though, you know? Like if you guys feel that everyone's like, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. Be like, like isn't it, it's a good thing though, isn't it? Because if yeah. a guy wasn't, then it means either there's no work or you're turning into a bum, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, But yeah, to just be almost at the point where you're not totally burnt out, but you can kind of feel yourself maybe fraying at the edges a little bit, a little bit during the summer. And then it was nice. This past week was human hours. Yeah. So like, so like about 60 to 70 hours a week, (laughs) human hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. You know, if I could plan out the podcast, I'm not even listening to you anymore. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to do like six things on this side. I'm like, <laughs> if I could plan to have everybody in studio, you know how much fun this is? Oh, Just yeah. To, you know, like live out the dream of like, I think this is like, uh, uh, I don't know, is it 529, I think, episode wise? I think it's 529 when this comes out. I'm like, 
And I don't know, maybe 150 of those have been in person, maybe. And that might be on the high side. I don't mm -hmm. know anymore. It's just such a lost, like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. I love being in studio and having everybody sit here and interact. And I mean, I just like drinking beers with people, whether it's just around a table without <laughs> microphones or not. I don't give a shit. This is good to sit and bullshit with good people. I, I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's great. Oh, it's nice. You get to see QDM up close. I was wondering, because <laughs> that beard seemed to grow back really fast. I was wondering if maybe he got, um, what do you call it when girls have the fake long hair? Oh, extensions? Extensions. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was wondering if he'd gotten beard extensions, but no, I'm no. looking, they're they're either really well hidden or it's legit. No, this this legit, but I mean, BMAs has has, has given me the secret of how to grow facial hair fast. He just rubs cow shit on it? No, 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 no. You push really hard when you shit. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it just... Yeah. That's all there is to it. <laughs> That's what he told is, me, and it works. Yeah. Is that how you got your hairy chest, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, my hair's grown in the wrong place, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know why this thing, this, this one thing we could, if I could grow crops like I can a beard, I'd probably be able to retire as a farmer a lot faster, but whatever. Do you ever Farmers think of, never of, of shaving in the big mustache? You know what? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, we'll do, I'll probably leave it for for this year. When we get into next year, I'll probably do another shaving campaign kind of yeah, thing, yeah. but we'll we'll spice it up a little bit. We can do a mustache well, or something else was, or whatever, right? Well, so everybody uh, has been commenting. For Halloween, I went as Mario, right? So the family yeah. uh, went as Super Mario Brothers. So I shaved off the beard, put in the mustache. And as soon as I did it, you know, as a kid, Dad had a mustache until he was like, I, I don't know, Dad, you'll, you'll listen to this. Well, you're 45. It doesn't matter. You were somewhere in your 40s, I think. And you finally shaved the mustache off. And for all of us kids, it was like, oh, my God. Who the fuck is, is that? Right. <laughs> I literally had that exact same moment with my dad. I went home one time, and he's had – there's basically like one picture in existence of him without a mustache, and he was three, and I think he grew it immediately afterwards. And so then I just went home one weekend and – He's out on the deck barbecuing. I'm like, who the fuck is on our <laughs> deck? Like, there's and a picture. I, I like, I straight up did not recognize my father because he'd shaved off the mustache. It's crazy, but like, that's it, we get used to people and how they yeah. look, right? But yeah. Like, there's a picture floating around out there of my dad without a mustache, and he's actually, I think, he's dressed up as a woman. I think it was for Halloween or something, and I bug him all the time. I was like, well, you started the fucking trans movement. Way to go, Dad. That was you right there back in the 70s, right? Well, well, no, we were just drunk and having fun. I was like, oh, yeah, it says everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's basically how it all starts. <laughs> well, even that uh, that hall we went to on Friday, uh, just outside of Irma. Albert Hall. Yeah, Albert Hall. They had this um, little mural in the back corner of some fun drunken night in 1977 yeah and everybody's dressed up in drag but just because it's fun and interesting yeah like even in the bottom corner they've got miss rough rider and it's some dude with a beard and he's dressed <laughs> up in a dress but a green dress and yeah so, you yeah. can get away with anything if it's rider nation that you're doing you're just allowed to do whatever you want wear watermelon on your head sure wear watermelon as underwear sure you can do whatever the fuck you want the watermelon on your head's great for yeah. summer days though like really have you is. ever worn one in a game no i've actually i've never never been to a rider's game ever oh not once they're they're pretty fun. I've I've heard yeah. I've heard they're fun. I just I don't know. I, I'm just not a sports guy. I just I'm just not interested yeah, in sports at all. I don't get it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, when it's like stupidly hot, that watermelon, no matter how good you clean it out, it just keeps weeping the whole oh, time. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And so you're basically just lightly brushing water on yourself. Yeah. Just sort of this natural. Um, I don't know tiny little waterfall coming down that just keeps you nice and cool. And then for like four days, 35. you smell like you've been snuggling with Mitzi, the exotic dancer from across the street that scrubs her hair with herbal essence, watermelon, shampoo, <laughs> or a kind of thing. Or no, not. Well, 
No, it, it washes out pretty good because it's such a <laughs> it's such a light smell, right? Yeah, fair enough. But then, yeah. like, wouldn't it start getting like musty inside of that thing if you're kind of sweating and it's terrible and gross? Or? No, like it's not like you're keeping it on for a week. I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's probably somebody who's kept it on for a some week. obviously. Yeah. 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 So, I'm not taking this off till they win another Grey Cup. You don't never don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be doing it for a long time, right? But yeah, but, I, I, I've never been, but it sounded like uh, I heard that. Games at the old Taylor Field were way more lit than they are at Mosaic. I haven't been to Mosaic yet. I like. I, I also either. have not been to Mosaic. Is that right? No. Did you go to the old Taylor Field though? Oh, yeah. yeah, and like, but like yeah. everyone says, like it was way more lit at the old Taylor Field. It was and, a crazy party. The first game I ever went to, they ran out of Pilsner. Yeah, that's, in Regina. Yeah, you know, if you run out first, of Pilsner, no, first, no rabbit juice in Regina. That's not good. It's yeah. the only stadium I've ever been to, and I've been to a fair share. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the guy who came with us, uh, there was a group of, I forget what it was, uh, Brad Simons, if you're listening, you should be able to tell me. There was like, I can't remember, was it 10 of you? Was it 4 of you? It doesn't matter. They went around to all the Grey Cups for like so many years in a row, mm-hmm. all dressed in white coveralls with a hairdo, and they carried <laughs> on their back um, beer bongs, like the, the funnels. Yeah, they did, yeah. So in the middle of the game, we're playing the Winnipeg uh, Bombers, right? And we are giving them an absolute thumping. There's yeah, nothing th- better than... I think was it was that the one, 52 nothing. There's nothing better than beating the shit out of the Bombers at home. Yeah. And there was three Bomber that fans. That was Labor Day weekend? Yes. I was at that game, too. Well, that, we, we didn't meet that weekend because if you would have, I wouldn't recognize you anyways. <laughs> I, mean, I was <laughs> probably twice as drunk as everybody in your side combined. Well, these guys are like... Uh, one, one Eugene was was going up with his, his beer bong. They allowed it in the stadium, which I can you imagine going to an oiler game or something and allowing that in? Like, well, there's no, no way. it's it's just that for whatever reason, Riders fans. I mean, it's because we're all farmers, basically. You're a lot more ingenious. You come up with clever ways to sneak booze in, right? You got a flask in your boot, those big PVC pipes with the flag at the end. It's all just one can after another stacked Genius. inside. Yeah, yeah, and you've got you bring in a watermelon with with the opposing team's hat on it and a face drawn on it. But that hat is covering a little bit of tape, and that watermelon is full of vodka, right? There's there's always all these little clever things, you're, right? You're giving you're, them you're, all away. Yeah, too. Nah, yeah all security. Uh, <laughs> security is going to be all oh, those fuckers <laughs> taking notes. They're going to be like, okay, we got to watch out for this. We got to watch out yeah, for that. That's right. Well, he ran around in the fifty whatever nothing game against the mm-hmm. bombers with this beer bong all through the stands, getting people to do beer. Oh, bongs and, and just. Everybody's and everybody mouth just, wrapped around the and hose just loving and everything. It. Oh, and yeah. Everybody was chanting at the Bombers fans because there were three of them sitting right in front of us. By the end, they're doing it. You know, it's, who it's just, cares, who right? Ca- yeah. I mean, and when you're winning, I mean, if it had been flipped, I don't know how, how happy the, the Rough Rider fans would have been. We probably would have been depressed. But we were winning. We were winning by just such a, like, every time they threw the ball, we'd intercept and down and go in. And every time, we, everything was going right. Conditions were perfect. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, that was a wild, wild place. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. And like there was uh, uh, my brother at the time would have had a like. He Why was, is he your brother at the time? Is he not my still brother, your brother? Co- my brother, comma, at the time was dating a girl <laughs> that was down there. So I said, sorry, we'll, we'll put punctuation in there so you can understand it too. Uh, All right, appreciate and, that. But her dad lived like right down in proximity, and I guess like there's like there's this one street. I guess every Riders game, it was just like a street party leading up to Taylor Field, and he lived on that street. And I guess he's like it, he's like I went once, and it was lit. See, that's awesome. Like I've been tailgating at McMahon, so that's where the Stamps play in Calgary. Yeah, and you would have the cops on bikes literally riding past because everybody's drinking. Yeah, they'd ride past all the Stampeders fans. 
pull in where the riders fans are, give out a bunch of open liquor tickets, <laughs> go out, go past all the Stamps fans. But if and you're then, a Stamp it, fan, you would love that. Yeah, okay, oh, but totally. they, they yeah. double security for the riders games, right? And because and the thing about it is, is it's not that the riders fans are obnoxious. The Stamps fans are dicks. And well, it, like, it's why funny. They, like, like, why, why it, does it got to be that a dick is a bad thing? I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's I'm I'm being some kind of racist here. I think, uh, but it's funny. I got interviewed by CBC Radio while I was. I'm tailgating. sorry, you got interviewed by CBC Radio. Yeah, yeah. This is like 15 years this ago. This is like right? before they were fake, or <laughs> no? They were still fake, but it was before any of this any of this stuff had happened. Yeah. But they're just like, hey, do you want to talk about what's going on with the game? And I'm just standing there drinking a beer with my shirt off, and <laughs> so I'm I'm talking to them and. I'm just like, man, it's totally messed up. You got the city of Calgary police coming through on bikes and they're giving all the Stampeders fans a pass and handing out all the tickets to everybody wearing green. Yeah. I thought we were past the time in our country where the police were discriminating based on what color you are. <laughs> <laughs> and that for some reason didn't make the cut. No. No, Weird. they ended up not airing that little part. <laughs> Censoring, <coughs> oldest time. I should point out when I've gone tailgating in any area and usually uh wife's from minnesota so it's vikings games but growing up uh when we went to college in in um uh wisconsin Gr- wisconsin it was green Packers. Bay. okay uh they never ticketed anyone and, because if you don't create a friendly environment for everybody to come enjoy the bloody game yeah that's fair right yeah. so so as much as i go i bet you the uh, the stampeder fans loved it the cops should just be like what are you doing but, but i mean really like in that situation can you really come into a situation like that and be like okay we're gonna ticket you and you and everybody else that's doing the same thing isn't going to get a ticket. Well, like, I mean, if you come into a situation like that, you either just got to be like, listen, I'm writing out a ticket for everybody, and then everybody's probably mm-hmm. going to stomp you into the ground, or you're just, just going to go like this. Okay, didn't see anything all, here. All, all you're doing at that point is just being like, okay, just, just keep, keep it in. Pe- just keep the peace. Yep, yep. keep the peace. Yeah, exactly. Go enjoy your game. Get home safely. Nobody drive. Yeah. Please, just all you're doing is just, you know, just gla- just pushing them in the right direction. You know, you got you got a thousand steers going, and you're like, okay, just kind of go that direction, would you? Mm-hmm. Not over here, over there, and and keep them moving. You know, yeah. in the right direction. Moving. And that's right. Moving. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you know. Um, but to like single people out, no, that's ridiculous. Um, as much as I'm sure the home base enjoyed it, because it is the Rough Riders, yeah. and the Rough Riders travel so well yeah. everywhere across every sport. It isn't even just the CFL. You go to I went third first, biggest. Um, Third biggest merchandise sales in in North American sports. Is the Riders? Is the Riders. Oh, I didn't know that, yeah, man. They well, account for something like 62% of CFL merchandise. Oh, well. First, yeah. first Viking game I ever went to, right? Sea of Purple. Two green jerseys. Riders. Riders. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do as a Saskatchewan guy? You go, well, I got to go, well, I gotta go say hi. hi. I'm from Saskatchewan. Yep. Yeah, you got to figure out somehow how you're connected. Yeah. Did you find it? I can't remember now. Uh, I, I may have once again been tailgating, so mm-hmm. I'm sure I didn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> to them, but I, I saw it. I'm like, oh, my God. Who's re- who's repping Saskatchewan all the way out here? And they were drinking Pilsner. They found Pilsner they and brought it down. Oh, good for them. See, I do that every time I leave the country. Did you do that in Mexico? I've done it in Mexico. Basically, like I, I've got this almost kind of a bug out bag for when I go to Mexico specifically, <laughs> where I'll bring a whole bunch of Caesar fixings. So I'll bring clam and Worcestershire and Tabasco and a couple other things. You know, Montreal steak spice and, yeah. and chili powder to make the rimmer. And then, you know, I'll just set up and just start serving actual Caesars because all you get down there. There's a couple places that do it now, but generally speaking, you just get. Bloody Marys instead of Caesars. Yeah. And then I'll bring a whole bunch of pill 
and I'll always bring my Flames jersey and my Riders jersey. So, so I've got pictures of me like so all over this, the world, like Southeast me? Asia. I'm in Angkor Wat wearing my Riders jersey, right? And then, you know, you you get the same thing. You'll get some guy being like, oh, hey, how's it going? Where are you from kind of thing, right? Am, am I too close to Alberta because I go, I'm not a Caesar guy. Like, I just, I can't do it. No, you're not? No. I'm totally a Caesar guy. I, I mean, now I kind of want to try one of two. When you play it like that, I'm like, maybe I've had a Bloody Mary or something. Because I'm like, I just, I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm, I was just thinking if you had to take your own stuff to do the rimmer, is it because you asked for a rimmer once and you didn't like what you got? So you had to bring your own? Or? <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't strange specific things happening. enough. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I'm the best so- Caesar Rimmer is Montreal Steak Spice and chili powder mixed right. half and half, right? Yeah. And so you, where are you going to get Montreal Steak Spice in How come you're Montreal so much, man? You can just, just call the it Steak Spice. Did, just didn't you know he, he loves Quebec? I figured, yeah. yeah. Figured yeah. as much. Big fan Actually, of Montreal. I'm going to flip this fun. fucking table over. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done a show in Montreal? No. Uh, no. No, I've not done a show. I've not done a show, uh, I've not done a show uh, east of Manitoba. I would. I'd uh, I'd go to Ontario in a heartbeat. There's uh, I've, I've got uh, I, I ship a lot of merch out to Ontario. There's a lot of people that follow me in Ontario, and I don't know if anybody knows it, but Ontario guys are sometimes more redneck than we are. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. I worked I worked with some boys out from Ontario that are redneck as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, it's uh, if if you look an electro- at an electoral map of Ontario. There's very tiny few little slivers of it that are red. The rest mm-hmm. of it's blue. You know what yep. I mean? There are there are some there's some good boys out there. Quebec too. Well, like I, I've well, I've partied with some awesome people in Quebec that are redneck bastards. They just speak a different language than us. This is yeah. like probably start of the year. I I put out a uh, a text. You boys probably got it too. And then I put it on social media. Uh, send me a play. Uh, send me where you're working from. It was it's summer. It was start of summer because I was editing from a back deck and I was like, this is friggin' sweet. All right. Yeah. And. Um, one of the guys who listens downtown Toronto. The first time we we aired the, the crane st- operator, the crane operator. He's on top of a building. The sun is just setting and just beautiful. Yeah. And he sends me a picture of it. I'm like, man, that's a cool spot. How the heck do I have somebody from the downtown Toronto listening Isn't to the Sean Newman podcast? Yeah. yeah, that's wild. It's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. it's super cool. Yeah. But you're you're not wrong on Ontario. Ontario has a lot of people that are. are oh hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was in Toronto for I don't know about five six days a few years ago and. I just put on Twitter, I was like, hey, so I'm going to be in Toronto. What's good to do around here? And a guy reached out. He's like, you probably don't have time because it's going to be a bit of a drive, but I live just off downtown. I can take you out to my shooting range um, about an hour and a half away or something like that, and we could just shoot guns all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me more about things I like. Yeah, Yeah, okay. All right. I have just rearranged my schedule. We are good to go. So you went and did it? Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and it, of course, you, this was back before the gun ban went on, so there's a lot of AR-15s and yeah. and stuff that, you know, um, pistols, and I suck at shooting a pistol. Pistols I'm, are a different game, man. Oh, it's totally different. Like, yeah. you give me, I like, I'm a muzzleloader. You give me 200 yards away, I can shoot the dick off a liberal, all right, with a muzzleloader. But you put a pistol in my hand, and there's a target 10 feet away, not a fucking hope. I've I've got mad respect for guys that are accurate with with handguns. What if you give you a shotgun and and then throw up some some discs? Well, then I run pretty much neck and neck with Sean, which I kind of felt like was a bit of a loss. I mean, <laughs> you're always walking around with nice shoes and your hair's always yeah, done, yeah. and I'm like, this is gonna be embarrassing. Like he's just gonna fucking suck. And then sure enough, they were going up and he's knocking them down, and I'm like, all right, okay. Well, it looks like he's still got a little bit of that blood in him. I was impressed. All right, on. Yeah. 
I was teasing twos at the start before he started, before he saw me shoot. I'm like, well, let's just put a bet on it. Come on, let's just see see who's better. Like, yeah. uh, you know, if I lose, I'll, what, do, what do you want? Uh, you know, he, he and I'm want, thinking, he I'm did, like, I'm hungover. Oh, at sure. best, he's going to yeah, be sure. embarrassed, right? This is what I'm thinking going into it. Like, oh, yeah, this this fancy mm-hmm. sales guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is not, it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. So, no, I don't want to put a bet on it and just fucking hustle you. And then he gets up there and he's actually knocking them down left, right, and center. And I'm Did like, the hangover story oh. come out after? Yes. Yeah, 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 not before. Well, yeah. I'm really hungover. Yeah, I know. After, oh shit, I'm gonna be massive. I'd only, me, uh... I'd only been up for like four hours at that point. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was. Or pardon me, I, I'd gone to bed like four hours before that. So what you're saying so, is we need to set a date in the future at a, a yeah, let's a go licensed, a licensed place where there's no drinking bef- the night before. You get a great night, 12 hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep, whatever you need. No drinking in the morning, no podcasts. You get a back rub, maybe a foot rub, and then uh, and then you'll be ready to go. Yeah, if you want to actually do like a straight up competition, it would be a lot of fun. And there's a place 20 minutes away from here that we could do that. I'm game. Sounds like a terrible time. Um, fuck you guys. I'm going to drink the night before. I'm going to show up still half cut and- Pop a few beers. There you go. So, so what it. you're saying is, is Sean needs to put on <laughs> some sort of SMP uh, clay pigeon shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's let's Next go do summer. a bunch of trap shooting. It, but I'd have to do it in the middle of the week. Yes, for you. Uh, well, it depends. You know, pl- plan it in Tufnell because then I can just sneak away. No, and I'm not planning <laughs> in Tufnell. Come on. It's uh, oh, it's fun shooting stuff's fun, but yeah, like pistols or pistols or something, man. You, you see, you see how he dodges the question. Oh, I'm a- not. After well, we're done, yeah. I'm finding out a way because if I do well, it, I mean, start throwing a dart. The the Wildlife Federation's got a place set up just outside of Saskatoon. Do uh, make it a fundraiser. We make uh, we no, do that's a what I mean. or something. Yeah, 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 we can make something happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean we have yeah. to make a giant boat. But I'm like, you know what? People are gonna want to do. They're gonna want to join in this festive thing. Mm-hmm. And now we're gonna have to have a trophy built because we're gonna have to crown someone champion. I'm kind of we're an expert have, on that. We're gonna have to have sta- uh, standings built. And uh, as long as I finish ahead of twos, I'm. I'm we're happy. gonna need. Yeah. We're also gonna need participation medals for everybody. Yeah, that's involved because that's so that's the way f- things go nowadays. Up. But I will say this: I should probably be the person taking point on designing the trophy. I do have a little bit of um, experience in that. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did not notice that. All right, so that's right now good. I'm pointing at the uh, rooster the, trophy, the Bud Light Memorial Employee of the Month, that's Sean nice. Newman Tuesday uh, mashup. Correct. Real nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we decided that. Because journalists give each other a whole bunch of meaningless awards all the <laughs> so time. So they can be an award-winning journalist. <laughs> award-winning <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, which we are. Now, right yeah. I'm an award-winning podcaster, Proud, uh, and so is Sean. Proud Correct. to be a part it, of it. It even actually says that on my 222 Minutes business cards. <laughs> award-winning podcaster. Oh, right on. That's deadly. Now, going back to the mustache, the only reason I brought it up was I remember thinking, Dad, why did he shave in a mustache? Nobody looks good in a mustache. That's a lie. Some people do. Um, but overall, I'm like, why a mustache? So I shaved this mustache yeah. in. I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, I kind of like it. When did that happen? So, but if you're married, it shouldn't matter how, if you like it or not, because it's not about you. You just you just oh. gotta look sexy to, to your partner. Isn't that how marriage works? I don't know. I can't. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for this show tonight. I do a I do a bit on marriage, and it's the funnest. Fucking well, bit I was going to do a know. bit on mustaches, and I, it ended up on the cutting room floor. But basically, if, if the gist a, is: if you met a girl, wait a second. If yeah, you met a girl right. and she said, I, "And you were head over heels for her," and she said, "I love everything about you, but you got to get rid of the beard." Would you get rid of the beard? Well, no. Okay, let's let's pause for a sec. 
can someone explain to me the logic of this whole head over heels thing? Like when you're really excited about somebody and you're crazy about them, you're head over heels. We're literally head over heels when we're sitting or standing. Like that's that's our default position. That's if true. you wanted to say that you were really excited about somebody, you would probably say that you were heels over head for them. Yeah, that's true. I think it's a reference to falling, isn't it? I the head over so. heels. Yes. Rolling down, but, but I, I I get I get yeah, your reference just, because vertically when you stand, your head's technically your your head over heels as yeah. just a default position. It doesn't make show a lot of sense. Put it in your notes. That's a good idea. I just work on your uh, delivery a little bit because it's ouch. good. There's something there. No, there's de- <laughs> there's definitely something there. Well, actually, I I did work on it, and that's another thing that ended up on the cutting room floor. Like same <laughs> thing with mustaches, because I remember when I was I don't know early twenties living in Lloyd. Nobody had mustaches. The only people who had mustaches were literally every single guy from Newfoundland. It was just like you, you could see a guy walking down the street. He'd be on the other side of the street, and you go like, oh, there's a Newfie. And they're like, well, Thanks, how do guy. you know that? You'd be like, because he's got a fucking mustache. No, no way. You'd be like, watch this. Hey, buddy, do you like pickled mussels? You'd be like, oh, yeah, for sure, best kind. <laughs> You'd be like, fucking told you. And now all the kids these days have fucking mustaches. They do? It's weird. I've seen some pretty weak mustaches of kids these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only time we ever had one was if we were having one ironically, and yeah. now they're doing it seriously. Yeah. And it's... I think it was something like Movember that made that happen. I don't know. Movember probably did a lot to bring it back, but it's interesting how there's, you know, that ah, cyclical it's nature. Trends, isn't it? It's well, it's the so. cyclical nature of fashion and trends and things like that. Like, I, I saw a kid a couple weeks ago it takes- that was wearing a no fear toque. It takes it takes uh, Stuart Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers walking in, rocking an amazing muzzy. He's got an amazing muzzy. He he literally he Better. literally just he's got he's got a mustache like uh, like QDM honestly right, and he always he just and he rocks it. And so now kids dress up with the, their little yeah, kids yeah. dressing up with the mustache because that's his thing. Oh, it just creates a whole new culture of the mustache that's being right. cool again. You know, back in the what the seventies, eighties, they had like yeah, Tom Selleck and all them yeah. guys, right? Yeah. Ron so Jeremy, sure. And and then who who did we have like you know who rocked a stash for my generation? N- nobody yeah. really, nope. right? Like I don't think that, you know. I'm trying still to still Tom Selleck, but that's yeah, about but it. but but he's an older guy at that point, so you're not yeah. getting twenty and rocking the stash like that. That wasn't a thing. Somehow in my generation in school the perm was a thing you know where, where yeah. guys would come hey, the and perm's still a thing for some guys that decided sure. not to leave the 80s you know what i mean they're still well, there and mullets are coming back too now some guys it's never left either that's also some very kids, true some kids look at amazing just do an amazing mullet you're like eh, that looks pretty freaking good funniest moment of my life when i dealt with a guy with a mullet is okay. uh it was the the father of a girl that i was dating at the time and I just asked him one day because he's the kind of guy that he just he had he had the mustache and he still rocked the mullet like it was 1986 and he wore like a trench coat and cowboy boots and stuff or whatever like this guy was he'd never left the 80s and I just asked him one day I was like he's you could see he just got a haircut and he got the mullet like cut back in trimmed up or whatever but it's still a full on mullet and I couldn't help myself and I was like Brent when you go to the hairdresser how how do you ask to get your haircut and he's like. Oh, you know, I'm just like, well, say, like, same thing, you know, shorter up here and then a little bit longer back here. And I couldn't hold myself together. I'm just killing myself laughing because he literally doesn't realize that he's wearing a mullet and it's hilarious. He's just like, I just, I just, I just be like, same thing, same thing that I've got, just a little shorter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, 
it's a, a little bullet, more man. business in the front, a little more party in the Just, back. Can you make it look like it's kind of a waterfall in West Virginia? That's what I'm. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. You know what I mean? It, well, I, I just couldn't get. Enough I mean. Of it. We used to every once in a while just grow them to be goofy, right? <laughs> so here's here's one that I had when I was I don't know, like nineteen or something like that. And then here's one where, I mean, this obviously never happened because it would never happen. But we were drinking all night in the doghouse, and never, right? decided yeah. that it was going to be a good idea to cut a mullet. But all we had was just an old pair of rusty scissors in the drawer of the push's desk, and so. We cut this. It's even got the steps oh, on the greasy. side. Yeah. And we were literally, we realized we're like, oh shit, we got to run to town real quick and get lunches so we can come back to work. And then we come back and the doghouse just reeks like booze and there's hair all over the floor. <laughs> and we all look like absolute shit, especially me who just got this ridiculous haircut. Yeah. And the consultant comes in, he looks around. He's like, what in the fuck? <laughs> and then he pauses for a minute because nobody says anything. And he's like, what in the fuck happened here last night? Nobody says anything. And he goes, he takes a few steps over, stands right in front of me. And he's like, what in the fuck happened here, Steve? I said, Dave, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> And then everybody went to work. And, and he just pauses for a minute and he turns bright fucking red. And he says, if any of you fucking die today, you're skidding. <laughs> Storms out of the doghouse, slams the door. We never saw him all so day what, long. What you're saying is is I should have, instead of a, a rig hand round table, I should have a consultant round table of the the, the, the craziness that happens out on the oh, rigs. Oh, man. No, but you like don't want a bunch of consultants. They just sleep through the whole thing. <laughs> In their shack, on their leather couch. <laughs> You know, it's a uh, it's it's a different world. It really is like how things work now. But it 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 was a it was a different world. Like, and I say back then, it really wasn't that long ago. But like, things have changed so much. I mean, since this I first like got twenty into the years patch, ago, right? Then, yeah, here we are now. It's 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 funny how fast society progresses on some of these things, right? But you look back at at what a guy used to do, and I mean, we're all still alive. We made yep. her, and. Uh, I don't know. There's some some of that needs to come back to the world a little bit, where well, everybody you, can just like fucking pump your brakes and not give as much of a shit. Sometimes, so, so you know? we I don't know about Quick Dick, but we watched the video of Adam Johnson, uh, the hockey player, dying with the skate to the neck. Oh shit! Okay, it was I, pretty, it was pretty yeah. gruesome, and like, um, um, it was gruesome. And so, uh, as a hockey player, I'm like, oh, you know, like that's that's tough to watch because of yeah. how many. It's no different than the the bus crash. I mean, it's yeah. a little different, but similar vein of thought um i'd say it's kind of completely different isn't it because that guy like literally lifted his leg off the ice i just mean yeah. um but like it's something gruesome, gruesome to watch from from a hockey no okay. from a hockey player i mean i rode the bus a thousand times okay, from I, a I, hockey I player's standpoint yep. i've been on the ice more than that gotcha and have been hit and everything else and never had a skate come and get me in the neck yeah so then they asked wayne grexky about it yeah we're talking about how quickly things can change he said, well, you know, we wear neck guards our entire lives, and he was talking about visors too, and then we get to the show, and we figure we just don't need to do any of that because it's cooler or whatever. And he goes, like, probably a neck guard would be a good start. And you're like, actually, that's a pretty good idea. Then he took it one step further and started talking about these leagues, these guys aren't going to make the NHL, and they should remove hitting. And I was like, the greatest player to possibly have ever played the game is talking about removing hitting, and you're talking about how fast yeah. things go. I mean – his thing, though, was that he had other people on the ice who did all the hitting for him. Oh, right? 100%. Anyone touched Wayne, they got their li ever-living crap kicked out of him. Yeah. yeah, which made it easy for him to 
you know, rack up points, right? And so you look at it and you're like, this, there's probably no worse of a person you could talk to about the benefits and downsides of hitting in hockey than Wayne Gretzky. Like who you really want to have that conversation with is Tiger Williams. You know, a guy that basically just spent more time in the penalty box than he did on the ice. Like he just get out, trip somebody, go back in. Well, I was just with with your thought, like how quickly things change. Yeah. Some of it's good. Like a neck guard <clears throat> is like, yeah, that probably makes sense. But you don't need to throw everything in with this, and no hitting, by the way, in any league but the NHL. It's like, mm. yeah, I, I think See, uh, like the I, I can't talk much about hockey. I, I don't really know much about hockey, but I mean, if you look at like take bull riding for example, like there's uh, there's over ninety percent of the riders nowadays wear helmets with face guards right. on them mm-hmm. because you get guys like Tough Heedman, a few guys that have had their face completely smashed into nothing, uh, and they're like, okay, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna start wearing flak. That, that dude vests. they made the movie about in the 90s. Yeah. Lane, Lane Smith, maybe? Uh, no, that was eight seconds you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head here now. But um, but yeah, so same kind of thing. So they wear vests now and they wear full face helmets and everything. But I mean, like we're still doing bull riding though. You know what I mean? Like, But is, is it just me or is there something about society and humankind that we're like we want to see people get fucked up? Because I, I, I think, there, think, I think there's a so part much, to it. I, maybe there's a little bit of that. There's that. There's that desire to watch NASCAR. Lane just so Frost. Can, Lane, Lane Frost. Lane Frost. That's yes. what it is. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so you've got that kind of NASCAR desire where you know nobody really gets excited about seeing them go. They like to see the fiery what crash. What they like into to the see wall. is is the fiery crash brought to you by Applebee's. Yeah. Right. And uh, and so I think on the other side of it, you've got these high testosterone high testosterone dudes who have a propensity towards pushing boundaries and pushing limits. Mm-hmm. And they're not probably all that particularly interested in things like safety equipment. Look at look at all the flack that Jock Plant took when he finally started wearing a mask, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think it's the thing if you're, uh, if you're a professional athlete that you're going out there to do your thing, you want to wear a neck guard. Yeah, there we go. You want to wear a neck guard, wear a neck guard. If you're a bull rider that's going out there to ride. You want to wear a full face helmet, wear a full face helmet. But I mean, you're, and you're responsible for yourself. You're putting yourself at risk that this could happen and you could die from it. But I mean, at the same time, you and I have talked about this example quite a bit, but I mean, we, we strap ourselves into a vehicle and hurdle ourselves at each other feet mere feet and inches away from another person well we you have saw, absolutely you saw no, my vehicle uh <clears throat> today like we we hurdle, hurdle hurdle ourselves within inches of somebody that we have absolutely no idea who they are coming at us at the exact same speed there's 200 kilometers an hour of velocity going on here we're coming mm-hmm. at each other and you don't know if that person's on instagram updating their story on the other side of the lane they're gonna veer into yours you have no fucking idea maybe they're we just, trucker bombing right <laughs> but we like we just throw our trust out into the wind like that but then all of a sudden we're gonna bring controls and like okay well you have to wear a neck guard and a helmet and this and that to do that listen Protect yourself however you want, but you're putting yourself at risk by doing this, right? Well, Sikhs have an exemption for motorcycle helmets. So you have to wear a motorcycle helmet in Canada, but Sikhs get an exemption because they wear the turbans and you can't fit a helmet on top of a turban. So you're not legally required to wear a helmet if you're Sikh. And some people take umbrage with that. And my thing is, is you wearing a helmet or not is really only going to affect you. Yeah. Right? To a certain extent. So- but like, there's people that are going to have to come and scrape you up, kind of thing, or whatever. And maybe your maybe your head's okay, going to so be exploded outside so of it. But you're like helping a- the economy. You're you're <laughs> helping you're helping Canadian Tire sell more squeegees to the fire department. Yeah. But still, 
you know, if if you, regardless of whatever faith you are or what, if you feel like, hey, you know what, I don't feel like wearing a helmet while I'm riding a motorcycle. If you want to be that dumb, have at her. I, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And like, uh, you know, I, to, to a certain degree when you get, when you get kids and stuff too, I mean, if there's parents that are like, well, my kid's not going to wear a helmet kind of thing too. Well, I mean, okay, fine, whatever. But like, are, are you okay with that? You know, kids like, well, you know what? I don't want to wear a face mask. I don't want to wear a helmet. I don't want to wear, wear a visor in hockey. And then all of a sudden your kid is maybe not old enough to be making decisions for themselves, gets themselves all fucked up <laughs> and then regrets it for the rest of their life. That or, fucking sucks. We, we could take this down a lot yeah, of different, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> you know, once you're an adult, I mean, fucking you pick, do whatever the fuck you want. But we pick up that cost as a society. If somebody winds up in a hospital with terminal brain injury uh, and they never recover and they're a vegetable and they're on a taxpayer dime in a fucking bad... It's pretty much the only way you can get into a hospital nowadays anyway, though. (laughs) That's true, yeah. But you know what I mean? So, like, I get the... You know, you get... If you you look at the... If you go from we pick up the cost at the end, um, we can go down some dark paths. Oh, we totally can, right? yeah. So it's it, like, be, it's endless, right? Because we pick up the cost for fucking everything, no matter right. what, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like it, it doesn't matter where you go with that. I mean, yeah. it just, we're, we're, we're there. I mean, we have to pick up the cost for everything right now. So it doesn't it does it doesn't matter. Does yeah. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. That argument leads you to made. You know, well, the way we could save money is, you know, just die. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the government will help you with that. Healthcare has become too unaffordable in Canada. Our main solution is to just kill everybody that gets sick. Yeah. What if what if we push back on the unions every once in a while? What if we scaled back the pensions to a state where where they're, you know, somewhat reasonable? You know, what if what if what if? No, that's crazy. Let's just kill them. Yeah. It's uh it's really bad like uh like healthcare just it grinds my gears. You know, I've got family members involved in healthcare and they struggle and it's hard because it's like it's very top-heavy bureaucratic. Mm-hmm. In, in any province that you go to, what goes on, right? And well, it's because there's no accountability. That's right. It, but it, it, like that turns into the to, into the fundamental problem with every government on the planet right now. Is there, there's zero accountability for anybody. You just go do whatever you want. And if you're a complete failure, you still get your fucking pension and you retire and you never have to worry about money for the rest of your life and everybody else can just stay fucked. And you're like, well, I tried. Well, how the fuck is that any good? Right? If you're a complete failure, though, it's even worse because generally speaking, if your department fucking sucks, you just say... We need more money. Yeah. The solution is always more money. Yeah. And it's never, what if you guys didn't suck? Yeah. My bigger thing with healthcare is uh, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, we need a we need a healthcare system model after Canada because you get free healthcare in Canada. And it's, I, I just, when I hear people say that you get free stuff, case in point, Trudeau with his fucking heat pumps here lately. Okay. Like, I want to start flipping fucking tables. Let's just make it illegal for any politician in Canada to use the word free for something that does not literally fall out of the fucking sky. Good. They're just going to come and say, well, this is not going to cost you anything. And technically, I did not use the word free, so I'm fine. Right. Oh, but then you just said free, so I now you go politicians. to jail. I know. Yeah, me too. Well, how, do, how did this turn this way? Whatever. I, I do hate the pricks, though. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, like um, I was listening to Constantin. What's his last name, folks? He's uh, he's the British guy. The the British guy. He, like he's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he goes, maybe politicians need to remember they're not running for re-election, right? Because everything they do is about is like, well, I just got to get re-elected. We got to we yep. got to worry. It's like, how about you just go in and fix some things? Yep. Get the heck out and call it a day. But all like they just get caught up in, well, we just gonna kinda you know yep. like. 
I don't know. You think you think uh, Pierre is going to be the savior? Um, you know, like no. right, right now <clears throat> with uh, everything going on, it certainly looks like Pierre is going to well, be yeah. a runaway with this. I mean, how ca- you could put it at this point? It's like, hey, if you had been on Gretzky's line, you would have put up a hundred points a season. You know, mm-hmm. and right now, if you, if you literally can just chew an apple and ask a couple few mm-hmm. questions, you're going to be the next prime minister. Yeah, of Canada. so nobody in Manitoba is going to win that. <laughs> but like, uh, it's uh, it's just. Yeah, okay, so he's the next best thing right now, and he's the only alternative to what we've got right I'll now. I'll be right and back, ba- Chance. And basically, any alternative to what we've got right now is is better than what we've got, right? Like, like literally any alternative. I hope he makes it out of that door. You know what's yeah. funny? Is is he, like, he? what has he got, a little kid bladder? He, maybe. Yeah, got, I, I don't know. I don't know. Have we, have, we, have we even been going for that maybe, long? Maybe he drank. Did he leave his phone unlocked? I don't know. This could be a good opportunity to have some fun with twos. So Pierre's the next is the next thing coming. Yeah, like I, I don't see how it's any different. But I finish your thought. Sorry, I was, I was well, laughing at twos trying to get out the door. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Uh, you know, we're gonna there we go. We're gonna see. Uh, I think we're gonna see some changes in uh, you know in some climate policy and uh, and a few taxation issues that we've got going on. But you know, I remember Trudeau saying that he was gonna come in and make a, a transparent government, and he was gonna change. Uh, he was gonna go through with electoral reform and do a whole bunch of different things, and, and none of it materialized. He told everybody what he what they wanted to hear to get elected, and then did whatever the fuck he wanted anyways. And don't get me wrong, I like I like some of the stuff that Polyev says. I don't like some of the stuff that Polyev says. And eventually, he's probably going to be the prime minister of Canada. And when it happens, what's going to make well, him the any only, different? The, the only thing that stops him right now is a monumental fumble. Yeah, like wh- monumental. Which, which could still happen easily, right? I agree, but I mean, on the other side, you literally have uh, who was the who was the quarterback, folks, for the Jets years ago, where he literally fumbled the ball by running into his linebacker's butt. Like he literally head bang. I don't know it. if I remember that. That's what you got it going against yeah. Pierre on the other side. Trudeau yeah. right now is is everything's a fumble. Every like, it, you know he, he oh yeah I'm gonna do this tax break for you know carbon yeah. no tar- three years. Man that exploded. Who like, was this? Who was the staffer that come up with that? that well, it out at this there. point, I wonder if they aren't uh, they, undermining they be, him. Yeah, because he wouldn't be smart enough to pick it up. That's that's not going to work and completely explode in his face, right? Yeah. Well, to me, if you were smart about it, you would have gave everybody the tax break. Yeah. Like immediately. Oh, is he locked out? No, he's locked out. Like, like oh, how's hilarious? Can you like? What, what's the password? Like, I mean, folks, this is <laughs> this is what we're dealing with today. <laughs> Red or white? Thank you. It's okay. We only talked shit about you for a little while where you were gone. It's fine. Well, that's all right. Can't wait to tune in and hear it. <laughs> Man, that guy is so fucking good looking. <laughs> Just to finish a thought on on yeah. the tax break, though, with carbon tax, right, for three years, you know, if they were smart about it and actually wanted to win some brownie points, they would have given it to everybody, yeah. like, immediately. But, I mean, I, I, I was actually – there's, there's – sh- shit that surprises me and i thought i was at the point where nothing would ever surprise me coming out of this guy anymore and and then they did that and i was like okay wait a minute you just admitted that this carbon pricing scheme that you've got actually does make life more expensive for everybody is is what you just did and at the same time you've told the rest of the country aside from atlantic canada or the tiny few little bit of people that use heating oil throughout the rest of canada to go fuck themselves so basically you've said it's on brand basically you said that you have been talking out your ass since 2015 and that everybody can go fuck themselves and when i watched that happen i was just like i i i cannot believe what i just watched that well, video I, you put up you were very exasperated in it. you could just <laughs> tell you were just like 
I, I, but I had, to, and normally I don't like that. Was I did that like real times? We were processing calves all day, and I had my phone. I, I had no idea what was going on. And I got home and made food, sat down, and I started looking at it, and I was just raging. And I just flipped the phone over and started recording because sometimes that's just what you got to do, you know. And uh, I, like I just, I just couldn't believe it. I was shocked, and like I was inconsolable. It took me time. I don't get what's so surprising about it, aside from the fact that they finally said the quiet part out loud. Right? But that's what but it I was. mean, like, it, this it, is, it's, it justified everything that the critics have been, I would say, very validly saying about the carbon tax from the get-go. Best, right? best tweet I've ever got to make in my life, and I doubt he's listening, but Max Fawcett, and I've been on his podcast, you guys know this, Max and I disagree on basically everything that's out there. Uh, decent enough guy to talk to in real life. But uh, he puts a tweet out, and he's like, uh, I can't remember exactly what his wording was, but he's like, Trudeau basically just told everybody that's been defending his carbon pricing for years to pound sand kind of thing. And I quote tweeted him, and I was like, me and Max finally got something in common. We both know how it feels to get fucked over by Justin Trudeau. (laughs) And he's like, I'll take that one. (laughs) Well, it's funny. He blocked me a while ago when you were trying to put together, trying to decide who was going to be on the panel that you were on with Vance about the urban-rural divide. Yeah. And you tweeted, you were like, well, who should we have on here to talk about the urban side of things? And I didn't even tag him in it. Yeah. I just said, somebody kind of like Max Fawcett, but funny and interesting. (laughs) He blocked you for that? And he blocked Uh, me over it. And I was like, okay, so he's Googling himself. You want to hear a funny story? Sure. No. I was trying to have uh, Charles Adler come on. Oh, shit, really, eh? Yeah, well, I mean, and so he'd agreed, and I was like, Oh, Sweet. get out of town. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, great. That would have been good to listen to. And then uh, it w- he thought it was supposed to be this past Wednesday. And I'm like, no, it's next Wednesday. Okay, not a big deal. Okay, sounds good. And then I don't know if he did some reading or, or what. Okay. He sends me, um, you've blocked off 90 minutes. Not interested in that anymore. Uh, I can't talk that long or whatever. And I was like, oh, we can go as long as you want, Charles. Don't yeah. matter to me. And he's like, no, find someone new. Done with this. Good Oh, luck. wow. And I was like. Charles, I'm coming for you because I want you on here. You know, I used to listen to you as a kid. You yeah. Know? And uh, I think it'd be really interesting to have somebody who doesn't agree with every bloody word that yeah. comes out of my mouth on. I think it's always interesting to have somebody contradict what you think. Very, It's it's important, right? Yeah. But t- it's, it's tough because I <clears> keep getting t- like, it's not like I've, I've, I'll be very clear. I haven't, it's not like I go looking for that type of punishment because yeah. it, like to talk to somebody that you almost disagree with fundamentally everything that comes out of your mouth. And you're like, oh man, this is yeah. going to be an interesting hour. Yeah. But to not do it is like, well, that's a real missed opportunity, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't know how many times I've been turned down now. Where is that like, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, like, you know, yeah, maybe. No, I'm not interested. Like in the middle of COVID, I had a doctor coming on from Saskatoon and mm-hmm. then he never showed. Like I was sitting here in the studio going, dun, 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 oh, wow. He never came on. I was like, huh. That's too bad. You know, and I was terrified. Like to me, when I get nerves anymore, it's to talk about uncomfortable yeah. topics, right? That's what this is. And, um, that that was that was you know in the middle of COVID, uh, everybody know where I went. I mean, geez, mm. half my followers now or half the audience, I should say, came through then. But uh, at the time, I was like, okay, I had a couple on, and then I was like, okay, and then I had McCullough and them on. And I'm like, all right, let's get another person. And I tried, and uh, I had uh, some of them coming on. And then the latest one now is Charles Adler, where he's supposed to be coming on mm-hmm. in like three days, and he's 
quietly just been like, not yeah, that's too, that's too bad. Uh, I there's some things I can listen to Adler say, and and I think he makes some good points, and some things that he does, and then there's some things that I hear, and I, I have to shut it off halfway through. I'm like, I can't, I no, can't. I agree, but to that, you, you know, know what's funny? I've heard the same <clears throat> thing probably about all three of us. Well, sure, yeah, absolutely. And, right? and you go yeah. like when you listen to a podcast of anyone, even if you even if you hate the person, like you you truly just are like this. It it forces you to think on why. Yep. You're in your position. Yeah, that's right. And every once in a while, you might get a gem they say, and you go, hmm, but I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Son of a gun. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And yeah. to me, like, uh, we have to get the sides talking. Like, oh, we're, we're in this weird world right now yeah. where, you know, and we've been in this weird world for, for a few years now, you know, and, and Charles is is on his Twitter, like, I follow him still, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, there are days where I'm like, oh, yeah. why do I even, why do I even look at this? You know, For sure. Yep. Yeah, but there's there's lots of that out there, and it's even it, it comes from a lot of people, you know, um, unexpected geez. places sometimes. Yeah. but like even some of the like some of the last uploads that I've done, uh, man, you get some some shit in your comments there, or whatever, where you, you just say one or two things. It's not really triggering, and you you kind of explain <laughs> yourself why you're saying it, kind of thing. And uh, the one I did on uh, on the on the parents' bill of rights there, or whatever, like. I like re- like right away. I like I had people calling. Well, me. you said at the start, didn't you? That, yeah, that the I, comments I, were going to blow yeah, up. I had people calling me fag in the fucking comment section, a whole bunch of different shit, and I was and, yeah, sticks well, joke here. Sorry, yeah. farm <laughs> agriculture, right? Yeah. It's it's an acronym. But like I was, I was just like, uh, like the the it was fucking unreal. Like as soon as somebody hears one thing that they don't want to hear. You're, isn't it wild? They're we, just fucking against you. Isn't it you. wild we haven't like all gone? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of Ukraine by any stretch. But isn't it wild that they haven't found a way to gaslight us all into going off to war again? Well, when when, it, when you say when you talk about being triggered, nobody the entire, cares about Ukraine anymore, though. Right now we've got the Middle East to worry about, I and Zelensky's feeling like he just got dumped, but like he's going to write a what Taylor what Swift it, album. I just had Martin Armstrong on, and he—I can't remember if he says it on, on the episode or if I listened to him say it somewhere else. But he was talking about uh, how in U.S. election uh, elections, any time a president is at war, they've never lost. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that's the U.S. being at war. So that's, you know, like, you know, that's that's a pretty small number of, um, well, not as small as I think, actually. <laughs> there's <laughs> a pretty small that. number of U.S. presidents who haven't been at war. And I would but, say in the last pretty, several decades, there's kind of only been the one. That's all, all I'm <clears> saying. Sure it is, yeah. so, so then you look at what's going on, and I this isn't to make light of any of the situations, just that... What's wrong with making light of them? What, Q, what QDM said was is triggering and I laugh at that because I'm like everything to everybody is triggering right now. You say one word and somebody's triggered. You know, like uh the pocket the, the 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 text line for this has been interesting the last little bit. Yeah. I've been called, you know, 100 hunt, <laughs> 100 Huntley Street as a you know, you're kind of reminding me of this old preachy type. Stop doing it. And I've gone all the way the other way yeah. where I'm uh I'm swearing too much and I'm and I'm uh That's from your mom. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I, it was. I wish I wish it was just from my mom. My mom and be you know, she has their standard, Sean. That was a bit too much. Yeah. Me and, two, or me and <clears throat> QDM have joked about this a lot. Yeah, we talked about this And then lots, she yeah. sends me a couple texts, and I go, okay, all right. And you know, you were part of that one. You know, I was like, what is she talking about? He's like, uh, we did a podcast. I'm like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, now, remember enough. that one where I was still drunk, and you were driving us up to Saskatoon? <laughs> <laughs> and so there was no filter. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, but I, I like I've talked about it a little bit before, and uh, I do it on a couple of my episodes, but I think uh, like social media, I think has made people feel really tough. 
that are not really tough, you know, and it's a, it's a big difference of, of saying something and being tough on social media behind a screen and a keyboard, but there's actually a lot, saying there, it to there, someone's there's, face. there's a lot of people that won't like, look at how many people in this world stand by and film somebody being shocked or stabbed and rather don't than do jumping anything. in, they just stand there and film it. Like what's wrong with our world. That's what's wrong with our world is that we all live in a social media world. You know, I was just, I'm not the kind of guy, if I see something going on, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to stand and film it. I'm going to go try and do what I can to fucking stop it. Whatever you have uh, for thoughts on religion or faith or that type of thing. I watched a video the other day. Easy there, 100. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah, that, there what was Jesus. that guy's name? Billy Graham? Bill, Billy Graham, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but they were talking about uh, how the cell phone, how you hold it, is an act of praying. Like, you know, how you bring your hands together to pray. Okay. And you stare at the phone. And the one guy was saying, he goes, when I think of people staring at their phone, when you look at them, it looks like they're praying to the phone. And uh, when you, when it just become a, like a religion to people or, or an addiction or whatever word you want to stick to it. So when you, when you talk about like what's wrong with the world is like, well, that contraption has taken over a huge chunk of life. I'm makes a great coaster though. Yeah. It does, eh? I'm curious to see how my bit goes on that tonight. Well, I'm not curious. I kind of know how it's going to go, but I, I, I've got a whole bit. I think I'll start after the intermission with it here tonight. I've got a whole bit on this and like what social media is doing to our kids and to our youth and, and what's happening with it. And I obviously try and make jokes about it and get people laughing about it. But in in all of the comedy that I do, like I try and make points in the comedy that I do but have people laugh. So it's, we've talked about this. It's been my goal forever off the start of it is get people laughing, but try and make some little points about it. You know See, I mean? the main focus of what I'm going to be talking about tonight is the lighter points of kidnapping. Oh, hey, you know, <laughs> like why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, some of the best, uh, I don't know. I have two comics that I think of when I think of like the best in comedy. Um, one was a younger Sean, I guess, but it was Dane Cook. It went Dane Cook's yeah. height. Oh, well, Dane Cook was great, man. His word choice was phenomenal. Where did he go? I don't know. Have you heard the Dane Cook one where he's at the house party and he does the shit on the somebody shit on the coats bit? It's the funniest yes. fucking yes. bit ever. Oh my god, I kill myself somebody laughing. Somebody shit on the coats. <laughs> Do you say somebody shit on the coats? <laughs> so good. See, he has a bit. He has a bit of going. Uh, you know, like it wouldn't. It wouldn't relate. I don't think anymore. But once upon a time, one of the biggest outings in North America was going to a movie, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and he had this bit of showing up for the previews and, and drinking. It was literally the silliest thing, taking a sip of your drink and then trying to find the hole to put it back into, <laughs> but trying to keep your eyes on the screen. And, like, I died yeah. laughing to it because of his word choice. It's, how, and it's just, absolutely it's how you do it, yeah. And it was just, it was just, it was fantastic. So that's one. Yeah. And the other one's Dave Chappelle, right? They, they, talk, they oh, call the him hilarious. the goat. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what he does is what you talk about. Yeah. He, he makes... A comment on what's going on in today's yeah. world in a funny way, yeah, for or sure. a light way, even though he's talking about very serious things. I mean, geez, they've tried canceling him for it, yeah. and yet you're like, this is comedy. Like yeah. in comedy, it's supposed to be on the like, edge. Like at the same time, yeah, it can be on the edge, but in comedy, I mean, just you can't just say something that's completely fucking terrible and then just be the old, oh well, it's comedy, so I could say it. Like, sure. Okay, easy. You know in all I mean? fairness, though, I would say at the same time that if you're not accidentally stepping over the line a little bit every once in a yeah. while you're not because you're going to try out jokes and some of them are going to work better than others like we did um we were talking about that that uh that guy who got his adam johnson yeah got his throat slit playing johnson. hockey yeah and it was it was kind of ad hoc i think was probably part of the reason why it didn't go nearly as well but i was throwing ideas for headlines 
at Sean beforehand, and, and, and it, it was funny, and it was working well, but we hadn't really figured out the flow of it or anything yeah. like that. Like yeah. it was just literally just right before we went to air, we threw out a few headlines and stuff, and then. If, I thought if, Sean was writing them down, but he didn't. And then I was trying to remember on the fly, and just the flow of it wasn't there, and nothing worked, and it ended up sounded. And I was, and 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 for the first time in the show, I was like, I can't read this. Like, I just, I can't read a joke about a guy dying in my sport. I'm like, yeah. I just can't. Yeah, I got you. And so it was before the show. Certainly, all these things come into it, right? But it, you know, like when I look at it, it's probably one of the headlines I fought you on the hardest, right? There's sometimes he throws something in about a, about a fat check or something. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I don't want to read this, but I'm going yeah, to read yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and everybody can feel my uncomfortableness with reading it. The hockey one is tough because, like, that dude died. Yeah. And um, as we found out, it had uh, ties closer to home than we thought, or maybe we mm-hmm. uh, even, you know, at the time, I don't even think we were worried about that. We were trying to continue doing the bit of what the Tuesday mashup is, which is a funny headline for pretty much everything, Yeah. which there's some pretty nasty stuff in there. And um, it just didn't come off right because, I mean, I was fighting you on every which way on it, probably going like, we can't say that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's, but I that's guess that's where I'm it. trying to go is that you know, of, every look, once in a while you're going to take a joke a little bit further than you yeah. probably should. But that's the thing about, it's kind of like just trying to stop just in front of that line. Every once in a while you're going to put a tire over it, right? And if you're not ever putting a tire over it, you're probably erring too much on the side of caution. Uh, Akira the Don, who was on, who's Mm -hmm. the guy with, uh, uh, have you heard of Akira the Don before? No, I don't think so. He he has this type of music called Meaning Wave, so he takes things that Jocko Wilnick or Jordan Peterson say, and then he uh, uh, overlays or underlays music to it, and it's like inspirational music, if you would. Okay. And he was saying, you know, if you don't have one foot in chaos and one foot in order kind of thing, he goes, you won't progress. So what you're talking about is you, you still got to go into the, the world of chaos, which is like you're a little bit out of, outside the realm of what's acceptable. That's mm-hmm. Family Guy. Like uh, I grew up watching Family Guy in, in my early 20s, and there were jokes in there that offended me. I was like, that's too far, and I'd be angry about it. Mm-hmm. I still watch the show because they, they, I always said they offended everyone equally. They didn't yeah. just pick one group to offend. They offended, <clears throat> they, they explored the bound, the boundaries of what is funny and what is not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in ex- exploration of that, you're going to find that you've stepped over the line a few too many times. Well, not too many times. Uh, uh, you're going to know when times. you've stepped yeah, over the line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 But you're going to absolutely land some of them and they're going to be way funnier than they could have been if you'd have just kept it safe and dialed it way the fuck back, right? Yeah. It's the difference between, Actual comedy and this hour is twenty two minutes. Yeah, right. Where everything's all just washed down. It's safe. Every no, there's nobody that's ever going to take any umbrage with any of the jokes you ever make. But at the same time, no one's ever going to laugh at them either. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. I, I can't remember where it was or what was happening. I don't know why it was going on, but all of us and I don't like. I don't watch a lot of TV. I, I don't watch a lot of anything. Usually, my spare time I spend creating content, not consuming it. Right. That's a good thing. But for some reason, I stumbled across. Uh, a old Rick Mercer rant, and he, but it was in his days of doing the RMR, the Rick Mercer report, mm-hmm. and like I'm, I'm still to this day, I'm a huge fucking fan of Rick Mercer. Yeah, I think, uh, I think he did a good job of playing both sides of the political spec- spectrum most of the time, but uh, that guy just, he just hit it all the time, and he would walk the line, but he'd never, he'd never dance into that other territory. But the fucker was funny about it mm-hmm. and just how he handled himself and how he, you know, how he composed his character on camera. He, he could just, he could have you. And it, I talked to a lot of people that have watched Rick Mercer 
and nobody ever feels different about him than kind of they're just like well lots of people oh well he was too far left but uh, but then i'd be like well did you see these four or five or six different rants that he did on trudeau or this or that well no i'm like that's the problem with society is you'll just like a lot of people with even with, even with my content social media is going to show you one side of this rant that he's done or whatever you'd be like oh yeah he loves trudeau or this or that and no i've never seen rick mercer do a, a trudeau rant no watch them they're fucking hilarious he barbecues them you know and I, I like that's what i like and that's a lot of people that consume a lot of my content all of a sudden they'll just one different show will come up in the you, algorithm and they'll be like oh i can't believe you'd say something like do that do you think uh being a comedian or maybe this like, stretches beyond a comedian but we'll stick with rick mercer for mm-hmm. a second is kind of like being uh, a ufc fighter you have like your your prime days where you can like basically oh, breach all audiences because you're just that funny everybody says social media social media and i understand that but you know like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this. May I don't know what your Twitter feeds are like. Does does everybody see anything on Tucker Carlson? Does anybody see anything on? Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody the, the biggest Joe Rogan from time to time. Um, on the flip side, it would be you know like some things on maybe Biden or Trudeau coming out. Although mostly when it comes out from Trudeau and on my side, it's usually <laughs> somebody commenting on it. I don't know. I'm I'm just curious yeah. if there's somebody who breaks out of the the echo chamber of what the echo chambers are that are like in prime fighting condition as a comedian is kind of what I'm going with because like Rick Mercer overall these days I'm like man eh, I've, I've watched a bunch yeah he's okay I haven't but seen I feel anything like from in years I feel, I feel like when you when you, you when you go back to Cure the Dawns thing when you got one foot just into chaos you're, you're living on the edge mm-hmm. and when you live on the edge you're gonna get certain things right you're gonna certainly step on some landmines yeah oh yeah and you're going to have, oh, no, but you, it, it's a tough way to live though, right? Because it isn't the safe place. It's it's literally, you got one foot in chaos, which is like, okay, well, hold on. Cause I don't know what's coming out of this. But that's where all the fun is, right? Like that, that's but it's sort all, of. It's also where all the stress <laughs> is. You can imagine if, if you're, um, take Rick Mercer, you've worked your entire, maybe you've worked 10 years and you've been making a meagerly $22,000. We will steal two. All right. right? <laughs> and all of a sudden you hit it big because you are this guy who lives on the edge and now you're getting paid 200, yep. 300, a million. And they you said step it all too far over and all of a sudden it all goes away. Right. Or, you know, your major sponsor is um, Bud Light mm. and you go, you want to make a joke about it, but you're like, I, 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 I just can't. Yeah. So then you talk about something else. And maybe that's just a little bit of like, you know, when you're, when you're lean, mean fight machine, you could talk about anything because mm-hmm. nobody owns you. And mm-hmm. one of the cool things about social media uh, types is there's becoming more of those that nobody owns you because the nobody audience- Nobody owns any of them. Yeah. Because yeah. the audience gets to actually fund it and, yeah. and push it and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have these open, lovely discussions. And Rick Mercer could easily be that lean, mm-hmm. mean fighting machine. I just, I don't see enough of it yeah. to say that's what I, he is. Like, I think he's kind of like, I, I think he's kind of done with everything though. He's basically retired now, True. right? And yeah. eventually you would get tired of doing that shit, right? He but was I mean, probably making more than $22,000 <laughs> yeah. a year. I know. But when yeah. it comes down to, so there, like there's two things when it comes down to like algorithms and what you're exposed to, uh, you know, for your silos on social media, I've, I've started consuming social media a lot different nowadays and I can I consume it knowing that there's an algorithm that's pushing what's coming onto my feeds and mm-hmm. I just I'm conscious of that when I when I consume social media and for something that I consume from one side on this topic be it uh, like if we want to do the the pronouns thing that they just did in Saskatchewan you know you see I want to I want to see both sides of the argument and what's going on so I'll, I'll have the the say the the pro 
mole crowd on one side that's just completely consuming my feed and then intentionally i'll be like okay i see where my feed has me i need to go and see what the fuck the other side is saying but i consciously do that myself how many people out there don't 98 percent. well that's kind of to be conscious that there's an algorithm controlling what you're seeing right there's there's a book i think it's called the truth about the cbc and it's all about how important it is and how we need it in canada and how integral it is to the fabric of our country. Mm. And I had it, um, and I had it out because I was reading it, and my sister came over to visit, and she's like, well, what's going on with that? Why are you Why are you reading that? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I want to understand both sides of it. Like, I've got, I've got the other one here, which is CBC Exposed by Brian Lilly, saying the complete opposite things, mm-hmm. and I just want to have a, yeah, a well-rounded... Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or, and, and she just found the whole idea baffling. Like, why would you... Why would you want to read both sides yeah, of the, the argument? You and you're like, read. why would you yeah. not? Absolutely, yeah. And the second thing I'd say is, is for you know, for uh, comedians that are like in their in their prime fighting time, um, I, I think w- what I do specifically, I'm really lucky because like I this is completely a side hustle, this quick thing of what I do, right? And I just I'll say whatever the fuck I want because my passion and my livelihood is farming. Yeah, and um, if it all goes away yeah, tomorrow, like this, like th- this whole enough, thing that I do is run. fine, and it's good, and it's great, and I'm not going to say that I don't make money off it. It's it's a good gig, and like when you like when you're running around selling towns out, like I mean, you can make some fucking dough at it, right? At the same time, you're doing fundraisers and you're making people laugh, and it's all good, but it's a lot of shit going on. If tomorrow all of a sudden it goes away, I'll be like, oh, thank fuck, I can just fix some fence that I finally needed to get done and focus <laughs> more on the farm and maybe farm more efficiently. You know what I mean? And I think that's an important place for people to Would keep you, themselves. In in fairness, though, to that, wouldn't you be a little sad if it went away tomorrow? No. No, no. I mean, it's it's cool. It's been a good ride. Everything's fine. If all of a sudden tomorrow it goes away, I just be like, because there's parts of it. I'm not like, I'm not trying to sound like a spoiled no, little no, rat no, here. No, no, no. But there's parts of it. I'm just like, I don't want to upload a fucking video tomorrow. I don't want to record myself doing no, this. I, you know no, what no, I mean? I'm I just under, like, fuck me, you know? <laughs> I, 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 under, I understand that part. Sorry, I was meaning the... Um, I was meaning the comedy yeah. part of it. Oh, you, you it would think, suck. You think, you think over the, the I want to say four years, I don't know if you were on the podcast in the first year, but it was close. In the four years I've known you, yeah, you know, like the the growth from just Quick Dick McDick, the, the Snapchat handle, mm-hmm. to where you're, you know, like, you know, you know like the biggest, fastest sellout in Vic Juba, right? <laughs> and you're riding on my coattails heard, for that. I heard it was the opening act <laughs> yeah. that sold it out, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say, I don't know if this is true or not. This this is what I say. You're probably the number one comedian in Saskatchewan right now. Like, I, I don't know of somebody who's oh. going, who's selling out more places and is more sought after than well, QDM. And there's like, a, there's a trick a, to that, though. That's a wild. Is only go to places that have a capacity of 100 and make sure it's a small town where there's nothing we else happening. That. Right? That's exactly <laughs> we what we did. That's exactly what we did. No, I'm I'm very I'm very fortunate to to have the following that I do, and and I'm glad that people can come and and enjoy shows and enjoy the time when we do what we do. And like I'm curious to see what you guys are gonna think of it tonight. I got like this is basically a brand new show that I'm running here tonight. Last one bit, I have one bit that is an older bit, and tonight's gonna be the last night I run it. Uh, after tonight, I'm going to re- be replacing it with a metric system bit. But this one that I'm running tonight. You're not doing the metric system no, one tonight? No, um, no. I changed uh. it up. I changed it up, uh, but I'm closing out with something new tonight. I, I I changed it up, and I was like, okay, I don't I don't like how that bit is yet. I don't have it quite right, which is one thing I never understood when I listened to comedians be like, oh, I got to work on a bit till I get it right, work on a bit. And this one's not where I want it yet. And I know I know what my crowd's well, going to be tonight in Lloyd. I know who I'm coming here to entertain. I, like, I know what everybody wants here. And they're going to get it, you know. 
And I, I, it's important to deliver to your crowd. And so, but the, uh, one of the bigger things is people have been like, well, why do you never put anything online of you do for comedy? I was like, cause it's live. It's for a live audience. That's why we didn't film anything when yeah. we were on the road. Yeah. If you like, guys want, you can come check us out live. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, but like, there's nothing worse. Could you imagine put your whole comedy show, uh, on on your YouTube channel, and then you go to a small town and you do the same fucking thing, and then they'd like, be like, "Yeah, we've yeah, like we've heard it. it before, right? Yeah." So I I I even make I don't like people I don't let people well, record I, me or nothing. Like, I think of Jordan Peterson. I've saw him three times live, like uh, three times over a course of like four years or three years, whatever it was, live. And I thought every time I was going to go and experience this like foot in the chaos to keep using that reference mm. because the first time. He was not that polished. He was not the Jordan Peterson that is like a global sensation. And the first time was unfreaking real. The second time it was. Can almost- we get a Jordan Peterson count going for every time that Sean says Jordan Peterson? We should oh, get yeah, a count like going. Yeah, we we take a shot. <laughs> it could be a drinking game. <laughs> it is. I keep going. Sure. It's gonna bust your balls. Yeah. That's all right. And, well, and every time he says something's hurting his brain, <laughs> and you get the idea. When was the last time I said that? Um, you said it on the tour. I think it was in Bradwell. You said something about something hurting your brain. And then uh, I looked around and took a drink of my drink. <laughs> I don't think anybody picked up on it. All right. Anyways, we'll catch you off there. Uh, yeah, I guess twos is a little zeroed in on that one. <laughs> but the second time I saw him, he was too polished. It was too, and, yeah. and I already knew it was coming. So if it was your first time, I guess it was probably great. But, you know, and so when you talk about like re, first not filming it, one, there's a reason why you don't do it. Because yeah. if you, you know, if it happens over and over again, you don't film it because people need to go and experience it. That's and right. the experience yeah. needs to be authentic. And the only way to make it authentic is to not know what's coming That's and go right. and experience yeah. it. Mm-hmm. If it's a one-off, like I've done with you on stage and actually two, well, both of you are on stage. Sure, you can release that. That's not a problem because it's mm-hmm. never going to, ha- it may never happen again. Yeah. And to r- capture that well, is a beautiful thing. I mean, uh, well, I was saying before, out of every, th- all the jokes I made last time, all I'm doing is making reference to two jokes that came true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 fun. I like doing it, but that's uh, that's kind of so. That's what I'm gonna do with this last bit here tonight. I'm actually, yeah, sure. I'll go once more. What time are we at here? We are like twenty after three. Yeah, we got time. Oh, yeah, we're good. Very important. We gotta we got be sound there at four. Tonight. Okay. Well, actually, okay. yeah. If we're supposed to be there at four, I still got to go back to the hotel room and clean up a little bit too. All right. Well, sh- you're gonna you're gonna take the gray sweats off for the show tonight, or what? Haven't ruled it out. <laughs> so shout out to a guy named Jordy, uh, who was actually at the Decker Performing Arts Center in North Battleford two nights ago. And that's the first time I've ever had a sound tech at one of my shows. Mm-hmm. And he was a beauty. You're going to have a yeah. sound tech tonight. Sound tech tonight. So like the, the last few shows have all been warm-ups for tonight. And last night's show was lit in, uh, in Laird. So I think we're going to have a good time here tonight. Uh, you took a good stab at things in North Battleford? Please, uh, please uh, elaborate. Well, I mean, there's two different kinds of stabs that you could do, Steve. It's it's the one ma- of them's pleasure, one of them's pain. Oh, oh, did you get both? <laughs> no, neither. I keep to myself in North Battleford. Learned my lessons in that town years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> Things got quiet there yeah, all of a yeah. sudden. All right, well, this got. But uh, yeah, I'm just so like okay, is he going to expand on this? It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be good tonight because this is uh, I I was initially going to do a, a different intro to the show and start things off different. I'm mean, gonna I, I keep my traditional way of kicking the show off, but I finish off. This is the first time I've ever actually pulled a guitar out in front of a live audience at a show. It's tonight. Uh, well, this will be like I've I've done it in the shows leading up to this. 
to, to warm it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, and, you know, um, when you talk about getting a bit right, one of the things I learned, because I'm, I'm, as you both know, I'm no comedian, but being on stage in a show that's supposed to make people laugh from time to time, yeah, the punchline or the feel of how you tell a story, being on stage with twos, you could you could tell when you got it right. Yeah. And you could certainly tell when you were off oh, the Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And it's a very sobering experience. The the show we did in Bradwell, I think me and twos both got off the stage and were like, well, we just bombed. And in, in fairness, I think people in Bradwell really enjoyed the show. Yep. But it didn't feel like it yeah. from our, our it's, standpoint. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. I'm looking forward to tonight because when you get when you get in a theater, a theater's better. Because there's there's no distractions in a theater. You are the show. You are the entertainment. Mm, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like when uh, like last night I was in Laird, it was great. But I mean, we didn't have the best sound system, and you're in a, in a rink, and so and there's they had 600 people in this rink last night. Oh wow! Yeah, and like curling or hockey, hockey rink. Yeah, right. and uh, just two speakers and da da da. And a lot of it was my fault because I didn't vet the sound system properly, and I took their word that it was going to be okay. Whatever it is, what it is, we still had fun. We still raised a ton of money for the agricultural foundations. So it was fine. But uh, you, you get that background noise, and then all of a sudden you're trying to do comedy over top of some background noise, and then it gets awkward, and then you're rushing jokes, and you're telling stuff too loud, and it's no good, right? But, like, I've learned – and Kelly Taylor, I, he said this best. He, he's like, your venue's everything. He's like, your comedy can be shit in a good venue, and it'll be good comedy. He's like, but if you got a bad venue, you can't out-comedy a bad venue. Venue, yeah. And, like, that guy is – have you had Kelly on? Had Kelly on. I should have him on again. Oh. He's coming December second to do my. I put on a Christmas party for a bunch of the sponsors for the show. That that and guy's my favorite comedian. He's uh, he's, he's fucking hilarious. He's the entertainment for the night. Oh, so he's he's awesome. That guy's camping bit is the funniest bit I've ever heard in my life. And a comedian, hands down. And that's his second place was Robin Williams with the where they create the uh, they're creating the sex organs on humans. If, there, if there's two bits out there that people need to listen to, number one is Kelly Taylor's camping bit, and number two is Robin Williams. I can't remember the name of the bit, but basically it's a committee that's designing the sex organs on humans. And it, they're both interplanetary. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> uh. How quick do we have to end to get you out of here on time? Well, am I the only person who's going to tidy up before this show? You kidding me, boys? I came uh, out of bed this morning looking this good. I don't need to do anything. And, all right. Well, uh, it's three twenty-seven, you know, and we've got to be all the way back at Vic Juba. QDM is ready to go. So um, <clears throat> I just uh, I I change shirts before the show. That's all I do. All right. Well, I mean, worst case scenario, I could just change in the parking lot. <laughs> we could we could do this for another 15, 20 minutes, and then I'll just get dusted up in the parking lot of the Vic Juba. It's the Vic Juba. We're gonna have. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a room. You know. There, you, oh we'll, yeah, that's we'll have right. A room I have a ready green in, room. Yeah. Okay, so what's what's the? They're not um, fucking green we're, at we're all. We're gonna do I a sound check, and this is what a sound check is gonna be. Uh, check one two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Check hey, one two. Okay. All right. No no no. But I that's... actually got a sound check a six string tonight, which well, is super fun to do. Yeah. Let's go back to this whole green room thing. What's yeah. the protocol here? Because they asked me what kind of scotch I want. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, do I just have a couple drams of it and leave the bottle there? Or is it, like, expected that if they leave a bunch of stuff for you in the green room that you get to take it home with you? You're like, going to – just wh- why do you have to question it? Just take it. And then for, like, hey, what happened to the scotch? Or if they never <laughs> invite you back, it's one or the other. You know what I mean? Well, I, I just I, – what's the protocol? I don't. I don't you know. What was it like in Laird? I'm guessing that you had a really nice green room I, at the I'm, rink. I'm gonna. I'm uh, gonna assume. Assume, if you walk in and they have twelve bottles of scotch and they're all half drunk, you don't take them. <laughs> okay. If there's one sitting there and it's not opened. 
Well, you get to take it. It's a gift. Okay. In Laird, my green room was actually the Zamboni room at the end of the rink. Nice. And then I actually drove the Zamboni out to, to come into the rink. You did not. Oh, oh yeah. But it was it you was did a Marshawn Lynch. But it was a it was a thirty ten with a with the old three point hitch Zamboni on the back of it. But they had oh, it yeah. all repa- Oh, it was deadly on propane too. What a what a what a way to start a show. Oh, that it was, yeah, it was fun. If that yeah. doesn't set the mood and they had a the smoke evening, machine. So I came up with a Zamboni through a smoke machine out into a really terrible sound system. But it was a good start. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, when Brett Kissel was in town and he was singing, we're sitting in his green room and he did like a phenomenal job of uh, like hosting in there. I was just like crazy, the crazy amount of energy that guy has. But on stage, one of the the hunting outfitters was in attendance and they brought the buck he'd shot. And so we got them to bring it out on stage. Sorry, so he's Brett's running. buck or the outfitters? Brett's, okay, Brett's. Yeah. yeah, that he shot with the outfitter. All okay. right. And he, we had it on stage like it was a freaking Stanley Cup, and the crowd was losing it. And I'm like, this is probably one of the only places you could do that. Hell yeah, sense. it is. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah I mean, imagine doing that in Toronto. Well, they'd yeah. be like, oh, the poor Bambi. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, in, in Laird, I mean, if you did that, certainly in all of Saskatchewan, I think that like yeah. everyone's going, oh, man, that's a great idea. Can't wait yeah. to get Quick Dick in and have them do the exact same thing, right? And then there will be some small communities going, but what about the insurance on that? You yeah. Know? Well, but the like, first thing I did, I was like, do the brakes work? And they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, because wouldn't it be great if I just come wheeling in there, put the synchro in yeah. fifth gear, and just take out a fucking table of people? <laughs> <laughs> like, like It'd be like Austin Powers where he's got the steamroller because you're driving a Zamboni. It's not like you're setting any speed yeah. records. You'd just be like, get out of the way. Get <laughs> move, out of the way. Move. But it was, uh, the, it's funny because they had shitters along the back corner and then I was supposed to go in between the tables and the shitters and I was like, so if I fuck this up, either we're tipping over a bunch of shitters or we're taking out a table of blue hairs. This is going to be real fun, you know what I well, mean? Well, if someone's in the shitter that you're tipping over, yeah. they're going to be a blue hair at the end. Oh, well, <laughs> that's true, yeah. But it was, uh, no, it's 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 fun to do that stuff. And like I said, there's, every crowd wants something different and it's just a matter of, of doing it and giving it to them. Tonight, uh, I, I, never, I never do intermissions, ever. Is it too late to ask for a Zamboni tonight? It's never too late for anything, is it? All right. Well, we'll see if Jen can finagle up a Zamboni <laughs> for us because this seems like an awesome idea. But this, I, I've, I've ne- I never do intermissions because once you get a crowd, you never you wanna want, keep you don't want to let them go. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a brief intermission, and uh, when we come back, we're going to be on Substack because that's what we've been doing here. We've been ending off the interviews on Substack to try and draw some people over there and everything else. All right. So I appreciate you boys hopping on the podcast. There's going to be some people ticked because they want to hear about intermissions because I, <laughs> I, if you've been to one of my shows, <laughs> dun, 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 that's right. Dun, 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 so when we get dun, back, well, we're going to be on Substack. So if you're like, I want to see the rest of this, uh, head over to Substack. It's oh, in the that's show. greasy. I can't believe you're making me be a part of this. Why? Promoting. Why People jumping over to Substack. Why is that? I don't know. I'm just the kind of guy, once I get into a thing, that's why I started uploading on Twitter and Facebook and everything, too. I'm just like, hey, if you want to be in this platform, here's the whole fucking thing on this platform, right? All right, Substack. And when we get there, we're going to talk about why uh, why QDMs against that and intermissions. All right. Because I'll give you my thoughts on it.